fifth time is the charm. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought is right. Just not two technology people here trying to get some technology to work. I don't blame us. <laughs> it's Friday afternoon. It's Friday I'm afternoon. Blame the universe for that. We can one. blame the technology. It doesn't have feelings. Yeah. No. Not yet. It does not have feelings. In the near future. It will not have feelings. <laughs> it will never have feelings. All right. All right. Here we go. Sure. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Bits and Bytes podcast. I'm Danielle Ross. I'm the elementary tech coach. And I'm Doug Kutcher. I'm the director of technology systems and programs for South Windsor. This is episode one, and today we're talking about chat GPT and generative AI. Exciting topic. It is really exciting, and I think for the people who don't know, they're about to have their minds blown. Yeah, I would agree if they don't know by now. Um, so what is ChatGPT, Danielle? Do you, should I answer that? Do you want to answer that? I'll, I'll tell you in layman's terms what I know about ChatGPT. Oh, you don't want me to talk about tokens? <laughs> you I... can talk about that for your people after, but oh, for, my for, people... my, for my people, sure. <laughs> for my people, here's what it is. It's a time saver. The more you use it, the more you can find ways to save time. It's essentially a natural language bot from my understanding, and I use it to do things like write a grant proposal, and it took like 30 seconds to get the first draft going. Recently, I overheard somebody saying they needed to write a recommendation letter on a short turnaround time, so I suggested they use ChatGPT to help with that really? too. Yeah. I wow. mean, hopefully they modified it a little bit. But, um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it, it's similar to Google for the layman's terms. You type in a query. I usually say query. 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 You could be right. I don't know. Uh, uh, well. We can ask ChatGPT. Oh, wait. It's only text. So ChatGPT, for those of you out there, will not speak to you. Although you can get it to speak to you through other ways, but it's basically all text-based. Query. How to pronounce query. All right. We can move. American pronunciation. We can move on. I'm probably wrong. All right. Okay. I can't I can't get it to speak while we're recording. Yeah, that's fine. Um query. <laughs> okay. So you ask it a question and it gives you more than just like a website or a resource. It gives you a lot of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like talking to a really smart friend who likes to make up stuff occasionally because it's not always right. That's the thing. It's a, yeah, it's not always, you look at it be funny. I mean, it's true. It's not always right, but it's doing its best though. It's do- <laughs> okay, it's not a person. Let's get this, you know, it's not doing its best. It's doing <laughs> what it's told. So it's basically, it's taking all this information that it scoured over the internet. They fed in all these books that weren't online, all this text out there. And so it kind of, when you give it a question, it looks at your question, considers the context, and then it generates a meaningful response based on like probabilities. So it is not a person. So when people think it's a person, it sounds like a person, it sounds like a response, but like so someone is responding to you but um which is and it's pretty incredible if you haven't tried it you can go to just tap in any uh search engines just go to chat gpt and it'll take you to a free account 
and just yeah, try it out. Um, it's chat.openai.com. Create that account, add a phone number, and have at it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I consider it a thought partner. Is that too technical a term for you? No, no. This is the most understanding of vocabulary you've used so far in your description. No, that's that's great. Yeah, you don't want to talk about like tokens and how it breaks down text. I mean, I taught kindergarten. I have to use kindergarten terms. So. Uh, well, I'm sure. I mean, that's fine. I'm sure I'm using terms that I don't even understand. But anyways, <laughs> um, but you know, ChatGPT was trained on all this data. They do have a cutoff point at 2000. A couple of years 21. ago, 2021, where they basically all the information from all time it's scoured, um, it's taken. Um, it doesn't want to, they didn't want to give it information like more recent information. Is um, that true with the premium version though? Do they have well, they have Chat GPT 3.5 and then Chat GPT 4, 4 yeah. and Bing is actually using the, the latest version, yeah, 4. So you can actually use Chat GPT if you go to Bing. So just so everybody knows, ChatGPT created a product that can be embedded in other platforms, right? Yeah, it's called an API. No one really cares about that. But so OpenAI, <laughs> the people who make ChatGPT, opened up their API. So basically other programs can connect to it. So they basically, OpenAI can control ChatGPT. So if someone is doing something they don't like, they can cut off access to it. So an app that wants to use chat GPT, um, they basically pay open AI for like the back end so they can use it. So we have a program grade six to 12 called formative. Yeah. They started using chat GPT in their program to help create questions, right? Saving. Yeah. Not only quite. Yes. Not only questions, they actually have like a trial thing where it'll actually grade a response. Well, double time saver. Well, there double we go. Ding, ding. Yeah. I mean, like anything, you have to, to check it. So, you know, it is a time saver. Like I said before, like a thought partner. So it's someone you can just basically, I said someone, didn't I? It's something. Something. It's something for that now. you, yeah, for now. Oh, man. <laughs> you can uh, basically ask it a question, obviously, and it comes up with a response. You can tweak the response. I don't recommend copy and pasting. But the important thing is it's conversational. So it remembers the conversation you're in. So for instance, you go to Google and you type in how to fry an egg. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know why. Maybe I'm hungry. A college student might need to know this. Yeah, how to fry how to fry an egg or something like that in Google and it'll come up with all the websites out there on how to Friday, Friday. And you have to scroll through someone's family history before you even get to the part that teaches you how to cook. Yeah. Yeah. So ChatGPT will tell you basically how to fry an egg. But what's really cool about it, it remembers that conversation or that question. So you can continue the conversation too. It's like, well, what about a duck egg? Oh. Or, you know, you ask it, um, well, how to scramble eggs or should I add milk? It remembers that conversation and it'll, kind of refine its results based on what you're asking it. So yeah. And if you get an answer that's maybe a little too difficult to understand, you can have it modify the answer and say, you know, maybe explain it to me like I'm a fifth grader. Yeah. That's a, my favorite thing is I think usually fifth grade, sixth grade, and like I'm a 12 year old and stuff like that, where it'll basically take that really fancy 
gobbledygook and break it down for you in a paragraph form if you can see yeah exactly you can so you can i'm saying exactly to myself all right <laughs> so yeah you can tell it to say i want this response in four sentences i want this response in pig latin yeah i want this response in french after it gives you your first response you can say modify that response to be in french yeah the thing i love about it it's really it's your own imagination is the uh, limitation. Just for instance, like Easter was recent. And one of the things I, I do every year for my kids, I have four kids. They're all old now, so they don't like this as much, but they really got into it when they were younger. As we do this little Easter egg hunt where I give them clues to where the next um, egg is. And so I give them a little riddle. So yeah, and so they have to um, obviously solve the riddle to figure out where the next egg is in the house. Sometimes I put it in the mailbox or I put it where the mower is or I put it outside in the camper and they have to go outside and sometimes it's cold <laughs> in Easter, sometimes it's not. Yeah, welcome to New England. Yeah, yeah. So, but this takes me hours because I do about seven clues per Times four kids. Times four kids. What a good father you are. Yeah, yeah. Easter bunny. Yes. So um, it takes me hours to do. I like, I am up to like midnight doing this. You know, it's, it's my thing to do. I, I don't mind doing it. Um, it's fun to see the reaction in the morning. But so I took it and I'm like, well, chat GPT can save me some time this year. Oh, can it? So I just said, well, give me seven household items and give me a riddle for each item and have the riddle only be one sentence. And to really mix it up, I had some in Norwegian, translated into Norwegian. Does anybody in your family speak Norwegian? Uh, no, but they can use their phone for translation. Okay. Like my oldest son has his dream about going to Norway. Tell me you're the child of a tech person without telling me you're the child of a tech person. Figure out how to translate it and translate go. it. And this year I did Pig Latin too. Oh. And I did Spanish. Wow. For some of the riddles. And so, you know, going through it, so I I said, well, you know, to really save time for me i please put it in table format and so and i told chat gp the names of my kids and so it did each uh seven different riddles for each kid in a table format that i copy and paste in the google spreadsheet and then i cut wow i'm a really geek aren't i <laughs> just listening <laughs> to myself talking but i mean did you used to like can write this in foreign languages before? Yeah, no, I'd have to go to Google, but it would take, you know, obviously, like I said before, it took me hours, but a so labor of I guess love. my point is, it's like, whatever you can think of, it, it, it can save you time in doing and just ask it specific questions. And I got more specific uh, as I went along and said, wait a second, it can do tables. Wait a second. You know, I can do it by kid. It even came up with the household items I didn't have to think about. And, uh, so it literally saved me hours of work to do. So actually, I recently read an article that uh, you shared with us talking about prompt engineering. So I never realized there's a phrase for how you search for things besides just calling it searching. There is a format on how you can format, a format on how you can format your queries so that you can get the response you're hoping for so we can just use questions maybe questions the, the word hey question. listen i'm yeah. trying to bump my vocabulary up to a first grade vocabulary yeah, now yeah. that i'm out of kindergarten i like questions we say pro they say a lot of prompts out there yeah like basically how you ask 
a question to ChatGPT or any other generative AI. And obviously, the more specific the question, the better. I shouldn't say better response. I'd say the more specific response you get back, the more thorough response you get back. So some of the prompts they talk about in the article are called information-seeking prompts that use what or how. For example, what are the tourist attractions around a specific area? But I feel like that's kind of a question you can just ask Google and like a regular old Google search though, yeah, right? Yeah, I asked it where to go on summer vacation. The, um, and I said an hour from where I live and please list out like 10 uh, local attractions and here are my criteria. It needs to be near a river I can tube or my family can tube at. It needs needs to be near an RV park and it needs to be near mountains and it needs to be, um, I think I said two hours So away. you just asked like six Google search questions all in Which one. Which would take, yeah. And then it just spit out all these areas that I could go to and recommendations like I was asking a friend instead of going to Google and opening ta- different tabs mm-hmm. and having, all right, doing my, you know, go to Google Maps and do this huge search. You know how you can yeah. Google Maps and ask Google Maps a question and then all these little map icons yeah. come up, but then you have to like zoom in. You just asked ChatGPT it, and it came up with a pretty good, um, a pretty good response too. So, um, it, because some of the areas I knew, and it's like, wow, it it uh, it really kind of scoured that part of the internet, and I I was pretty amazed just by that. It's just random questions. It's like that generative, um, general artificial intelligence they call it GAI. Oh. So that is the term for all encompassing artificial artificial intelligence. Yeah. What you just said, though, is that it's an area that you knew, which I feel like is a key takeaway for all things on the internet is that you have to be able to fact check it. No matter how great of a service it is, it's not always accurate. No, it's not always accurate. In fact, I put in some, it doesn't do math well. Ah, there's different AI for that. Yeah, there's different AI for that. We'll get to that on another episode. Yeah, yeah, but I was kind of amazed at that too because I was putting some math problems. Not that I do math problems on on the side or anything like that. I'm Seven like, times four. Yeah, <laughs> not those. It does well, but actually word problems. Yeah, because it it can't really understand. It didn't really understand exactly what I was asking in the word problem. Um, I was just curious to see what it would come out with, and I'm like, wow, that's wrong. What was kind of cool, though, is I told it it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Here's the right answer. And it gave me the right answer. Yeah, that's kind of a cool thing you can do with this platform. You can give it feedback and then it can grow and evolve and improve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can do thumbs up, thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell it basically you're wrong. So that's the thing. So that's what I worry about in the future for our, our kids growing up now. It's like we have that knowledge base, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but we do of some of the subjects, subject area we have that basically fact, factual information that we have. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of know when it's off or hopefully know when an answer is off. And so with this... Uh, with this technology in the future, are, are our kids going to, are our students going to know if that, oh, that doesn't really, that doesn't sound right to me. Are they going to have that? So yeah, you have to have that foundational knowledge to be able to fact check it. But I did uh, recently ask 
ChatGPT to give me citations. And I realized I don't think it's connected to a peer-reviewed text database. No, it's, and some of the citations it makes up. Well, and some of it is like a Wikipedia yeah. and that won't fly yeah. for grad school. <laughs> well, it, I gave it the old college try. Gave it the old college try. Yeah, there are other stuff out there like u.com, other um, generative AI programs out there that actually will give you the citation. Like they made a point of these are the websites it scoured for information and actually give you kind of like a footnote thing. I think Bing does yeah, that too. Yeah, Bing, but ChatGPT doesn't. And sometimes it makes up its own sources. Yeah, so I guess that's like one way to really make sure that students understand what they're getting into. If there aren't any resources or citations or things like that, they're going to have to go out on their own and research and pretty much fact check the internet. Yeah, so that's what we're going to have to teach, right? Because it's a different mode of communication now. It, it can kind of fill in the gaps of your because you can mm -hmm. give it a sentence and say please elaborate on this and it's amazing what it can do um it, it'll give you about two paragraphs elaborate the point that you're trying to make um two or three paragraphs and kind of, I, I won't say fluff it's it's good sometimes it, it puts other facts in there that or opinions in there that you haven't thought of too uh -huh. um, i i never when i use it i never copy and paste it verbatim, I, I will sometimes will write it out, write what I want to say out and put it in the chat GPT and say, please reword or I'll ask it, is this clear? I've done that. After a long week when I really don't have much brain power left, I will write what I can and then submit it in there and say, please make sure this is easy to understand. Yeah. Or make this more concise because my brain power is done by Friday afternoon. What I love about it is it will remember your tone so uh, of your writing so it can sound like you. So if you put a bunch of things of your own writing in there and you can basically put a couple points in and say, hey, please write like I would write wow. and just do a little outline, it, it'll remember your tone. Or you could say, I want to be um, very clear and concise or I want to have it be flowy or I want it to sound like Bill Shakespeare. Bill, and, you know, yeah, you're well, on a first name basis. Friend. Oh yeah, personal friend of mine. Personal friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you can say Thomas Jefferson. Uh, you can say give me a haiku, and it'll do that for you. But um, yeah, I don't use it verbatim. But it, again, it's like a, it's like someone I'm just asking an opinion for. <laughs> I didn't realize Bill Shakespeare was that old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was just his birthday five days ago did you ask chat gpt that question because it could be wrong i asked google did you, did you fact check, check that uh well uh you know it said he was born in the 1500s and i just didn't think he was that old <laughs> uh, uh you know all right well anyways we're getting off the rails here. anyways we yeah. are sorry i should not have the internet open while we're doing this so talk about lesson. Did we talk about lesson planning? No, but you know what you can do in ChatGPT is you can tell it to write a lesson for you and include common core state standards because that it does know. And you can write your formal lesson observation plan in a matter of 30 seconds. <laughs> int, int. 
But seriously, all you have to do is go in to ChatGPT and you can tell it, you know, write me a third grade lesson plan on multiplication, including common core state standards. And it will give you your lesson objective, your target, um, what you're going to say to the students, your opening statement, individual student work, an assessment, an extension activity, all of that in a matter yeah, and of the, seconds. And the key here is that's, that's your draft, right? Yeah. So you can look at it and just like I use it, I can look at it and say, you know, I like some of these, th these points that ChatGPT is making. Um, and then take from that and then come up with a completed project. And that's the time saver right there because, you know, what we're all afraid of what kids are doing is basically their uh, students to uh, plagiarize. It's not really, it's, is it really, it's not really plagiarizing. It's using chat GPT response, it's, but it's not their own response. They're just copy and pasting it in. That's the think, fear. Yeah, I can see that being the fear, but I think that the way the internet works has changed so drastically in the past few months that the way we are teaching and learning is going to have to change to keep up. If we don't want them submitting something that's been copied and pasted, then we need to figure out how to ask for a product that can't be copied and pasted. Yeah, and the key is to try to find that right question, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's not going to be easy at first. Nothing's easy at first, but we'll be able to evolve. Yeah, just today, there's a bunch of emails around this. Um, state tech directors are asking for AI detectors. Um, to detect AI. Turnitin has their own AI de detector right now, and there are others yeah. out there. And, you know, what it doesn't, it can't really say it's written by AI, it just gives a percentage. And what is that percentage based off of? Um, if it doesn't have any grammar, mis gram grammar mistakes, um, spelling mistakes, things like that. So uh, when I've, you know, if I, look back at my own writing sometimes i i sound like a robot i'll sound like chat gpt because you go through it and you put it through i had grant i used grammarly for a while oh and kind of uh cleans up all your grammar mistakes wow so just, i've never done that i just got through grad school twice on my own you, you didn't use any of those features none of this was available in grammarly 2021 when i was finishing grammarly was available in 2021. i just didn't i just i used my own brain well, uh, it was Microsoft used Word. No, definitely not Word. Always Google. Use Google. Well, Google has a function in there too. It's spell check. It it tells you some grammar too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, regardless, I feel like I remember when I was taking my teaching test, they made us turn off spell check and you know all of those things, so that we could write to our true personal capabilities. So if you have to use an essay as a form of assessment, maybe you make them do it live in class and you throw on GoGuardian and lock them into Google. But that's not going to be a solution either because Google's coming out with all of this stuff too. Yeah, it's really about teaching kids how to think, right? Yeah, how to use the tools that they have. Yeah, and, and in an appropriate manner. Part of the fear is a lot of people out there believe that um, you write to think. You don't know really what you think until you flesh out your ideas. Mm, I don't know if that's true for everybody. Well, I'm unless, not a big writer. Well, what do you do? So do you have a, a complete thought that is ready to go that's um, 
kind of you've gone over in your head. I'm winging this whole podcast, Doug. We're winging this whole. Podcast. <laughs> it's kind of kind of obviously that we're winging it. But anyways, like so that's the like if you flush out your ideas through writing, you you kind of go through your whole thought process and you say, you know, maybe I really didn't believe that or I believe this. Um, so that's the fear that it's taking away that, that you go to chat GPT and it just spits out a paragraph for you. Yeah. But even still, you know, you can edit it, you can go through and make your modifications. You can still have that same thought process. Yeah. I think it um, it's levels of playing field in some aspect because kids or even adults who don't communicate or write well to communicate their thoughts can put in basically a, a bullet point of what they believe in or what they think in chat GPT and ask it to do a paragraph form. I mean, the joke out there is a, a boss puts in a chat GPT, a one sentence and like, please elaborate on this. He copies chat GPT's answer, puts it in an email, emails um, his staff. Staff opens it up, puts in a chat GPT and says, please summarize this in one sentence. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like um, it does, it will elaborate things for you. And sometimes you're right though. You look at a paragraph that it spits out and you go through it. Well, I, I believe in that, or I think that, and you could flush it out there, but yeah. you know, if there's something to be said about the whole process of thinking and going brainstorming and trying to think of things on your but own. We're kind of, trailblazing this new way of teaching and learning using technology that's grown light years in a matter of months. And it's, I was just reading the other day about um, the processing power of generative AI is like doubling every six months, which Moore's law was like 12 months or 16 months. But that's, for those of you who don't know Moore's law out there, I don't know if anybody cares, but uh, the processing power of a computer will double in speed. And I think it was like 12 months and that pretty much held um, true. So, but this is going to be much more like faster and the more information that's put in like what is it, it had a hundred million users the first couple of days oh, yeah. when it came out, the more information it has, the more information it can, um, it basically will train to train on yeah because they fed all this information before um to train it they did have humans in there they I heard they i heard about yeah, that they had human beings like checking it for checking malicious it for, content for, and all for, that all stuff. the bad stuff out there and some people believe that well you shouldn't do, you shouldn't have that but here's the thing it's like people worry about that too you can actually set up your own uh natural learning um program. You can set up your own kind of chat GPT with your own information. There's open source out there where you can um, basically feed just the information you want and then have the overlying program look at that information and come up with responses. Are you going to make one for South Windsor? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, because right? you know what? I was thinking about that because kids aren't supposed to use ChatGPT. Well, right? think about this: in the future, you, if you had as a parent, you have a question, um, so you would just give student handbook, field trip stuff. You put it all in this big data melting pot. Like our district website is just you, all in one AI. Yeah, district. Yeah, you can have a little chat, chat 
jet chat bot on the wow. website. That's going to save teachers a lot of time from oh, them researching it for parents. All back to teachers. I'm bringing this all back to teachers. How can we save the employees of South Windsor Public Schools some time? Yeah, you'll be able to ask it a question. You need an HR form. Uh, it'll direct you right to the spot where you need you it. You can send the parents right there. Wow. And even if you didn't know the I'm looking official forward to you doing this, Doug. Of it, which would be cool. You can basically, the keyword of it, right? You could basically ask, well, I just need something to do with payroll. And it would just come up with four different responses. Yeah. But even like as a teacher, you receive a lot of questions about how to navigate stuff, forms, resources on the district site. And you kind of are that middleman for parents sometimes. They could um, just go into this future South Windsor chat GPT that Doug's going to create and find their own information in a matter of seconds and uh, cut teachers out of that middleman spot. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about more of our students, too. Yeah, well, I mean, hello, former kindergarten teacher. The students aren't the ones who are asking me about how to retrieve documents online. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about things about reading and just general questions or uh, an actual tutor um, that is on a device mm. that will help a kid read. And give the, te the teacher can ask uh, different uh, questions about the students. So if they do any assessments, they can say, well, how did such and such do this week with this assessment? Or, you know, they, you can set up alarms or things like that where it would be like, well, they only spent five minutes on this because, you know, you have kids in groups, especially at the elementary school. Yeah, stations, centers. Right? So they go, yeah, cent sorry, centers. 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 Yeah, centers. centers. So I mean, imagine that where it, it can be your assistant. Wow. Yeah, a little personal assistant. Yeah. I'm here for it. All right. Well, I think we covered a lot today. We really did. And that's only a fraction. We just touched the tip of the iceberg in terms of artificial intelligence. I think we need to have more episodes where we really cover the breadth and depth of the artificial intelligence that's available to us. Yeah, I think if we get into more specific examples, too, about what um, teachers are doing across the nation, like bring in some of like some teachers are using AI in their classroom. Oh, yeah. You know, to teach. <laughs> I was just thinking like more of the administrative stuff. Oh, yeah. But I guess yeah. they're teaching. I'm going, too. Yeah, it's about the kids, Danielle. Come on. Oh, I guess selfishly, I was thinking about all the stuff you do in addition to teaching and how to save that kind of time. It'll save time, too. That yeah, way. I'm here for it. I support yeah. it. Awesome. So this is our first ever episode and we are just kind of making up the format as we see fit. So a couple things. How do we feel about tech around town? Sharing what's going on with... How do we feel about it? So how does Doug feel about it? I feel great about tech around town. Okay. So I'll just tell you what I was working on today with some students. I was over at PV this week and fifth grade was working on podcasts in We Video. You would not believe all they need is a five to seven minute lesson, a quick introduction, and then they are off and running. They are getting started with much less difficulty than you and I had today. So it's incredible what they're doing in just fifth grade. Yeah, I, 
I listened to some of their podcasts, I think a year ago when they were doing that. Yeah, they're doing little time capsules about their life in elementary school. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Just yeah, they're just, really good at it. It's amazing that they were comfortable and just speaking and recording themselves. Oh, yeah. They are very comfortable, most of them. Yeah. No, it's it's great. And it um, and that was with Library Media? Yep. Library Media Specialists were doing this one with WeVideo. And I know Fifth Grade had another podcast they were doing with a platform of their choice that was kind of embedded into their humanities curriculum. So that was pretty cool, too. But if you have tech that you're using in your class with your students that you want the rest of South Windsor to know about, let Doug or I know. Email us and we will set up a chat so that we can include what you're doing in our little tech around town segment. Yeah, it would be great to talk to other teachers around uh, this, the uh, district to figure out yeah, you know, showcase what they're doing, the great things that they're doing in class. Yeah, and if you don't tell us, I'll just yeah, we'll, we'll come, come into your yeah, classroom. We'll, we'll come we'll in come by. and we'll find it ourselves. Knock, knock. We're going to see all the cool things you're doing. Yeah, here's this microphone. Yeah. Answer some questions for us? Yeah. All right, then. Do we actually have an official sign-off? You know how everyone has their Not sign-off. Not yet. Maybe we should ask ChatGPT for one. Yeah, we, we can ask ChatGPT Or we can also one. ask the people. Yeah, I, I think we need to not have a sign off this time because I don't want to get a sign off that we have. To I don't want like to commit. Yeah, to I don't want to commit to much yet. Yeah, we're just going with the flow for now. We're going with the flow, and we're kind of limiting our podcast to ten minutes. Or are we gonna? You know, we might just have longer ones for now, and then maybe do specialty episodes that are shorter because we just have so much to share, Doug. We do have so much to share. There's no way I can get this down to 10 minutes. There, <laughs> I'll spend no eight way. hours editing it for yeah. 10 minutes and it won't be that great. Yeah, we'll have to be a little bit more succinct. But Yeah, so we can maybe specify that, you know, every third episode is maybe a 10-minute episode. Yeah, that sounds great. Don't don't put that in writing. It will just happen when it happens. All right, sweet. All right, that wraps up our first episode ever of Bits and Bites, the podcast. I'm Danielle Ross. And I'm Doug Kucher. And we'll catch you next time.